every single week, I define success for different areas of my life. So for me to become the best version of myself, I need to be successful in my personal life. I need to be successful as a friend and family member. I need to be successful uh, in my spiritual life, in my health, in my professional, and in my gifts and talents. So those are kind of my six different areas in which I define success for myself every single week. Welcome everyone to The Ultimate Shift. Join Ephraim Glick and leading figures in business and entertainment as they share their stories of regular people overcoming tremendous obstacles only to achieve happiness, success, and fulfillment. Are you ready to make the ultimate shift in your life? Well, welcome back to The Ultimate Shift. Today, I have Nick Carrier. I had two different people tell me multiple times, you need to get Nick on, you need to get Nick on. I was like, who's this Nick guy? And so I looked you up a bit and you're pretty well known in Nashville for fitness and you have a podcast that's called uh, is it Best You, I yep. think. Yeah. And so your podcast is not just fitness either, but it's uh, just self-improvement type stuff. So anyway, I did a little bit of research on you and I was, I was pretty uh, excited about this because it seems like you're doing a lot of really cool stuff. So can you dive into that a little bit and tell us a little bit about Nick and what brought you here and what put you on this path you're on now? Yeah, for sure. Well, to start, I appreciate um, you having me on and I appreciate other people uh, saying positive things about me. I'm always, I've been on a few other podcasts now and so uh, it's always really fun kind of flipping the script a little bit and being able to be the person who's um, being interviewed. So I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. I'll kind of give everybody a brief backstory on how I got to Nashville. Uh, I studied finance and insurance when I was in college at University of Georgia and when I was also at University of Georgia, I started doing group fitness training. And my junior and senior year, I did group fitness training and I absolutely loved it. Um, loved the energy, loved the environment. And towards the end of college, I thought I would get a finance job because that's what I was studying. So I was like, naturally, I'll get a finance job. And so I had a job lined up where I was going to be a mortgage lending officer and do six months of training in their Atlanta office where I'm originally from and then moved to Nashville after that. And then right before I was supposed to start with them, the Nashville part of it fell through and I was only going to be able to work for them in Atlanta. And I was like, Nashville was really the big draw for me and told them I wasn't interested. And so I just moved here to start looking for jobs again. I lived with my roommate. I slept on his couch for six weeks until we got a different apartment and then got a job, quit it after two weeks and was like, I'm going to go for this fitness thing full time because I kind of had an inkling, uh, this thought that I wanted to do it long term, but I just wasn't really sure what it would look like. And then I had this realization, I was like, I don't need to know what it looks like yet. I can just start doing it and figure it out right. as I go. And so with that being said, when I got into the fitness, I really realized that it's not just fitness that I love. It's really the self-improvement. It's how can I get closer to the best version of myself? And yes, fitness is one avenue of doing that, but there are so many different avenues. So I got interested in exploring those. And that's when I started my podcast, just told you that I launched it back in October of 2018. So coming on a couple of years now. And basically the reason why it was called Best You is because I've always been into motivation and videos and stuff like that and watching YouTube. And all of a sudden I kind of realized everybody is saying best version of yourself, best version of yourself, but I'm not necessarily getting practical ideas of how can I become that person. I want to be able to create something and do something where I can help people define what the best version of themselves looks like and then give them practical tools and tips to be able to reverse engineer that person into reality. 
And so wow. that's kind of the, the goal for me and my life and the goal to help other people is to paint that clear picture of what the best knit carrier looks like, of what the best Ephraim looks like, and then figure out, okay, what do I need to do to inch a little bit closer every single day? Yeah, that's awesome. You kind of fell into this. When you were a kid, like, what did you want to be as a kid? I don't think I necessarily had anything as a kid that I wanted to be. I was just one of those people growing up. And when I went to college, people were like, what are you going to major in? I just did business and finance because that's what a lot of my friends did. That's what a lot of my friends' parents did and stuff like that. So I just went that route because I didn't have any other particular idea of what I wanted to do. I always played sports. I loved working out. I was always a very energetic person. I'll give you a quick story real quick. My brother, we were sitting down at the dinner table with my family and it was probably a couple of years ago now. And my dad asked, so like, how do you all think that you've changed over the past few years? And I was like, oh, I think I've changed a lot. I've grown, mm-hmm. developed and stuff like that. And my brother's like, I don't think he's changed at all. And I was like, what do you mean I don't have changed at all? He was like, well, you still get really excited about things that other people don't get excited about. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> and I just say that because growing up and stuff like that, I've always been someone energetic, always someone who's been really positive. And I think that's really what has led me to love personal development, love motivation and that kind of thing. And it's what led me to loving group fitness is creating that sort of energetic atmosphere for people. And so I guess that's kind of the answer to your question is because I was just kind of this energetic person growing up, I ended up kind of falling into this. Yeah. So I'm always very curious to get behind the the scenes, if you will, of the person, of the Nick today. So you obviously care about helping people become their best version. Anyone that follows you on social media, whatever, it's much more than fitness for you. Like you, you give practical steps pretty much every day, I think. So like as a kid, you know, what, what was your biggest fear growing up? Like you were this energetic kid, but, but what made you into what you are today? Like what was your biggest fear? What were your dreams, goals at the time? If, if you, if you can think back that far. Yeah, I think that's a good question. I think that when it comes to my biggest fear, So I'm going to start with saying that work ethic is something that my dad and my mom, but my dad especially, he would wake up at 3.30, 4 o'clock or 4.30 every single morning, go downstairs, work for a little bit, work out, go back to work. And so he always showed us an extreme work ethic. And I have an older brother and a younger sister, and we all developed a really great work ethic ourselves as well. And when you first asked me what has been your biggest fear, I was like, I don't really think I ever feared anything too much, but I think really what it is, is my biggest fear is not to become everything that I have the potential to become. And I'm almost like getting butterflies now Mm -hmm. just saying that because it really is a biggest fear in me. When I was playing sports, my fear was that by the end of the season or each game, I wasn't as good as I could be because I didn't work as hard as I could have leading up to that point. And so I always very much visualize the best version of myself is here. My biggest fear is that I don't close that gap. Hmm. Do you think that's what helps push you every day, whether it's through fitness or whether it's it's subconscious, that's in your head and you're you're always trying to close that gap? 100%. And it's almost sometimes to a a negative point where every single day I'm like, I could do a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I could do a little bit more. And sometimes that leads me to being impatient. And I've gotten a little bit better now, really over the past couple of years from talking to people and realizing that everything takes time, success takes time. 
So I've gotten better at being like, not everything has to be completed by the end of today. Yeah. And so that's definitely what drives me for sure. But I've, I've tried to make sure it hasn't come to my demise. Mm-hmm. So how do you balance that? Let's say, because you're a big goal-oriented guy. You're big on writing down your goals, things like that from, again, just me watching your social media and things. Where is the balance that lies within writing down your goals, saying, this is what I want to achieve today, and then maybe you run out of hours or whatever it is. How do you, how do you deal with that from not beating yourself up to the point that it just to have the goals is just pointless? So to kind of talk about that picture again that I paint. So the best version of myself is here in the top right. And then the current version of myself is in the bottom left. If I'm looking like a graph or whatever. I think that in order to get to this person, I have to obviously be somebody that I'm currently not. And the best way for me to do that is to create goals. And if I can create a goal and fall through with that goal, then I get a little bit closer. And I get a little bit closer. But at the same time, us humans only know so much in terms of how we can actually get closer to the best version of myself. So if I see the best version of myself and I create a goal because I think that that's the best goal that I can attack right now that's going to get me closer to the best version of myself, I'm doing that with the best set of knowledge and skills and experience that I have. But who's to say that I'm right and that that's the right goal for me? This could be fitness, financial, business, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. This is something that I've been working on communicating in a way that other people can understand. So I want to make sure I'm doing this justice is that like sometimes the goals that we set aren't always the right goals for us. That doesn't mean we shouldn't set any goals. That means that you have to take aim at something. You have to attack it. And if you realize along the way that for whatever reason that wasn't the proper goal, then you can deviate and move. And at the same time, kind of going back to the criticism thing that you said I was talking about this the other day with somebody. When you don't get somewhere or you don't fall through with something that you're supposed to do, you don't come at yourself with criticism. You come at yourself with curiosity. So if I didn't get somewhere, if I didn't achieve something, it's not you didn't achieve it. You suck, yada, yada, yada. It's why did this happen? Hmm. What could I have done better? What actions did I take that led me to here instead of leading me to here? So that's kind of the biggest way that I go. Yeah, I'm always interested in that. And I just see a lot of people set goals. And not that I don't set goals. A lot of people set goals and then they get disappointed when this or that doesn't happen. And then soon setting the goals becomes more of a deterrent than if they had just given the day their best. Yeah, I find that fascinating. So you're in fitness. You you do some training at Orange Theory. Uh, you do group classes. So I'm sure you probably see this at some point. Why do you think whether, and this can be tied into a lot of different things. Like, so sometimes people quit in business. Sometimes they quit in fitness. They hit a wall. Why do you think people quit? So I'm going to, I'm going to frame this up real quick. So in behavioral psychology, there's this kind of this cycle where your beliefs drive your actions and your actions drive your results, but then your results fuel your belief and it's a cycle. And so let me give a quick example For those of you guys listening, if somebody is wanting to lose weight, the result they want is to lose weight. How do you go about doing that? Maybe somebody's going to try a new diet. And when somebody tries a new diet, they're probably trying it because they saw a friend or family member try it and had success with that. Mm 
And so right in the beginning when they're trying it, they have a high level of belief that this diet is going to work for them because they've seen it work for somebody else. So I can do this too. I'm motivated. Mm -hmm. And then they start to take action. They start to follow that diet. Then after two weeks, you're looking for a result. After two weeks, there is this gap between the action that they've taken and the result. They're not going to get any results after two weeks because like weight loss, like a lot of other goals, you're just not going to see the result quickly enough. And so because you have a lack of result, you lose belief in the diet. Therefore, because you lose belief, you stop or you take less action. You see less results. You have less belief, less action, less results, less belief, and it becomes a negative cycle. So a lot of times people quit because they haven't seen the result quickly enough for whatever it is that they're trying to attack and be successful in. Therefore, they lose the belief in themselves or in their strategy that they can make this thing come true. And so because of that, they take less action or less effective action, therefore achieving less results or just stopping altogether. With what you know, how do you overcome that? How do you change that mindset? Or like you could even use this analogy, I guess, if you're training someone in fitness and they think they've put everything in they can and you and you know there's more there because because you see it you've you've been there you've done it many times how do you motivate that person to keep going or whether it is changing that cycle you talked about of belief and results is there is there another way to go about that yeah definitely so the cycle is this thing that everybody goes through and everybody experiences so i'm glad you asked because this is what i work with with people mm -hmm. um I do 10-week fitness goal-setting programs with people, so I'm going to kind of frame it up in, in that sense to best answer the question. So a lot of people I work with obviously have weight loss goals. And so we start off by defining how much weight, obviously, that they want to lose over the period of time, over the 10 weeks. But then after we define that goal... So you make them basically write that out or say that. In yeah. other words, they know that's their goal. Yep, they'll write it out. They'll say, I want to decrease my weight from 250 pounds to 230 pounds by this specific date. Okay. But then once we write that, that's kind of all the attention that we really give it. Okay. Then we come up with a very clear strategy and two or three things that we're really going to focus on that are going to get you closer to that goal. So let's say, for example, I've had somebody who said, okay, my goal is to lose 20 pounds. Every single week for the next 10 weeks, I'm going to work out six times for 30 to 45 minutes and I'm going to eat 10 healthy lunches and dinners. Those are my two things that I'm really going to focus on every single week. And I'm they set that or you set that for them? The conversation ends up with that. So okay. I ask them questions, they respond, and we go back and forth okay. to figure out that strategy. Okay. And so once we come up with that strategy, those are the things that we track week after week. We set up a scoreboard so that when they do each of those six workouts, they check that off every single time. Or they have an Excel file which fills it in green. Same thing with their healthy meals. And so what that's doing is every single week, you're getting these small wins. You're getting these small results that fuel your belief, that inspire you and motivate you to take more action. So once you set the goal itself, that long-term 20 pounds, that's gone. We don't spend too much energy on that. We really spend the energy on the process, on the small wins that we get every single day and every single week. Therefore, okay. allowing them to continue to take action with the strategy that they truly believe in. Belief is 
what inspires all action. So you have to get them to truly believe that this is something, a winnable game that I'm attacking. This is something I really truly believe that I can get and achieve. Is there a reward if you hit a certain milestone or a goal, if you will? Or is that after the 10 week? Is there a reward that like I give them? Well, or them themselves, like meaning like you had said something about, and I don't know how you phrase that anymore, but uh, so much so that celebrating the the small wins or whatever, Mm, what does that look like? And do you feel like that's important in order to keep the motivation? Yeah. So that's that's a tricky one for me. I think that when I say celebrate the small wins, that doesn't mean, okay, now I can go have ice cream or now I can go do this kind of a thing. Now I can go eat pizza. That's more... You get the self gratification of I did like this. checking it off, or mm-hmm. I did it, or that sort of thing. And for a lot of these people, I will also have them weigh themselves, you know, every single week. However, we don't spend too much energy on that because we know we're not going to see the results that we want week one, week two, week three. And some some people a little bit do, but in the grand scheme of things, we don't. But no, in terms of celebrating, I'll give them like hell yeah. It's about applauding the work that they put in rather than the result. Whenever you give somebody praise for something, they want to do it again. If you give somebody negativity about something they did, then they won't do it again. And so if you give them praise for that small win, that's enough to keep you going. Keep you going. Right. Does vulnerability play any part in fitness? Ooh, 1000%. 1000%. I've had a few people in some of my groups and it's always a, it's always a group. Well, I don't, I do one-on-one too, but with the group programs that I do, I've had people that are significantly overweight and it takes courage for them to be able to say their weight out loud. You wouldn't believe how many people are afraid to just step on the scale. They might've been avoiding it for years. Exactly. I'll have people say, I used to step on the scale every day, but I haven't stepped on the scale in six months because I'm afraid of what that number is going to say. And so vulnerability in the sense that you have to be so super honest with yourself first. And then once you're honest and aware yourself that you have this issue or this problem that you want to resolve, that's step one. But then if you can communicate it to other people, if you can admit to me first that, okay, I know I have this problem, I need to lose weight. And then if you admit it to the group that we're a part of, then that's even more powerful because the more people you tell the more high stakes it is for you, the more important you see it uh, as something that you have to do Mm -hmm. in your own mind. So being able to be vulnerable enough to accept that there's an issue within you and then communicate it to others for sure. Do you think fitness plays any part in happiness? Oh my gosh, yeah, for sure. I mean, there is obviously, you know, the science behind when you're moving, you know, dopamine hits in your brain and all this kind of stuff. So science wise, for sure, I don't know all the science behind it. But to me, the way that human beings are, I don't know if happy is the right word, but the way human beings are fulfilled is when they're, well, I'm okay with the word happiness. I'm not against the word happiness, but I know that people in fitness can be fulfilled through it mm-hmm. because I know fulfillment comes from attacking a worthwhile, meaningful goal for you mm-hmm. and seeing progress towards that. So whereas that, happiness can be fleeting. Right. I think that's in, I think that's moment. probably right. I've always, you know, I've I've actually read a decent amount about happiness and fulfillment and stuff like that. And it's it's hard to draw the line because everybody kind of has different definitions for it. But yeah, I think that for 
this conversation's sake, I feel like, yes, happiness could be something that can come from anything and it could be relatively fleeting, but fulfillment is a little bit more long lasting. Mm -hmm. With all these things in mind of like setting up a structure to become a better you mm -hmm. and the light of today's events in the world and, and everything we know and we discover and we learn, whether it's cultural uh, diversities or it can be a million different things. I often think that you have, it can be an individual, it can be a group of people. They were taught or raised or, or maybe it was on their own. They think a certain way and whether there's no right or wrong to it. How important do you think it is to be able to change those beliefs or meaning, let's say everything Nick Carrier learns today, what's the advice that you would give your 60 year old self looking in the future when things may have changed? How do you how do you think we should best navigate that? I know that's a lot. Yeah, but packed so, into so a question. you really mean about like your own beliefs and what you think mm -hmm. you know now? How important is it to be able to change your beliefs? Mm -hmm. I guess is maybe that's in a nutshell. Yeah, I think there's kind of a few different components of that because I think there are certain things that you need to be flexible with one thousand percent, but then there are certain things that I'm not so sure about. You know, things like your internal core values, like. For me, I truly believe that becoming the best version of yourself is the number one thing that everybody should be focused on because I think when an individual works on becoming the best version of themselves, they make their family better, their friends, their community, and then end up making the world better. So something like that, I very strongly believe in that and I don't think that I will ever change that view. However, I think that there are so many beliefs that 1000% we need to be able to be flexible, be willing to learn and to adapt to those beliefs. I remember when I was in high school, when you know, you're a senior in high school and you play sports and all those kind of things, I was like, oh, I, I got life figured out. Like I know this stuff. And then got to college and I was like, man, my high school stuff was an idiot, but now I know everything. And like <laughs> a couple of years ago, same thing, college stuff was an idiot, but now I know everything. But now I'm like, I am willingly and happily admitting that I know I'm an idiot and I know that there's so much I don't know. And that really excites me because I see this large gap that I can just go attack now. Mm -hmm. And I really believe that the more that you know, the more you realize you don't know and, and a lot of things. So kind of in the grand scheme to answer your question, it's, it's yes, everybody needs to be willing to change their beliefs based on their experience, based on their conversations, because I think there's just so much that you can only learn through openness and through experience. And you leave so much behind if, if you're not. Yeah. I think it's just, it's kind that. of like, a, it's kind of a growth mindset thing. I don't know if you know Carol Dweck's work, but there's a growth mindset and a fixed mindset and a fixed mindset essentially is kind of like, your knowledge, your your brain, your skills can only be improved on so much. But a growth mindset is through hard work, through consistency, I can develop my skills, my knowledge, and I'm not in this fixed place mm -hmm. kind of a thing. So Yeah. Besides fitness, what resources would you recommend to other people to become their best you? Like what does the day in the life of Nick Carrier look like? Yeah, so that's a 
Great question. So every single week, I define success for different areas of my life. So for me to become the best version of myself, I need to be successful in my personal life. I need to be successful as a friend and family member. I need to be successful uh, in my spiritual life, in my health, in my professional, and in my gifts and talents. So those are kind of my six different areas in which I define success for myself every single week. So each Sunday, I look at my whiteboard of those six categories. I'm like, okay, what do I need to do by the end of this week to be successful here, to get closer to the best version of myself here? And then I write it down. Same thing for each of those different areas. You reset it every week. I reset it every single week. Some of them, especially professional and health and fitness right now, I'll always have a a bigger goal where I look at that and I'm like, okay, what's success look like this week and route to that bigger goal. But my point is that I think we need to be able to realize there's so many different components of it and we need to define success in all those different components. So fitness is one, but you need to make sure you have your finances under control because if you don't have your finances under control, then all hell breaks loose and that's going to affect every other area. Somebody I had on my podcast told me one time when we were talking on the phone, this was great advice. His name is Edwin Ariabe. He's like, you have these different areas of your life and it's okay for some of those areas to spike at different times, to really be going well at certain times. But that doesn't mean that you can let the others completely fall off. And so he saw for himself, for example, his professional life was killing him. He was making a ton of money, yada, yada, yada. But his relationship with his wife and with his family was deteriorating a little bit. And so finally his wife, his wife is actually Teddy Mellencamp and told him, and I was like, you know, we got to figure this thing out. And so basically what I'm getting at is everybody can define those areas of their lives for themselves. I'm not saying you have to use the sticks that I have. Try to work on improving those a little bit day by day, week by week. Be okay with certain ones spiking and kind of maintaining or just slightly improving those others. But be sure that you're consciously working on every one of those areas at all times. You mentioned gifts and talents. How does one find their gift or talent? Mm. Great question. So that is something, so I use that, like I said, one of my six areas that I want to improve upon. When I was doing this exercise called the Future Authoring Program by Dr. Jordan Peterson, that's how I came up with my six different things. And I was like, I think that honing in on my gifts and talents is something that 1000% I need to do in order to get closer to the best version of myself. And so I'm kind of going to go back to my story from before in the sense that, you know, I was athletic growing up and I was good at sports. And so it's naturally think like that's your gifts and talents, but it's like that can only take you so far for 99.9% of people. And then really, I think the biggest thing for me was, my family's constant reminder or feedback of like, you're this energetic person who's positive, who's, you know, somewhat motivating. And when I realized that other people were telling me that more and more and more, and I happened to find myself in this realm of fitness, I was able to finally see it for myself. And so I think the best way, honestly, is that a lot of us 
our, we're too close to our gifts and our talents and our uniqueness to be able to re- realize them for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of times we need the people who know us best to reveal them to us and through encouragement or saying, wow, you are really good at that. Or... Right. Well, and, and I think the reason I'm saying this is because my family always told me that sort of thing. When I started teaching orange theory in college, everyone taking my classes would always tell me that sort of thing. The reason I got into fitness in general was because my personal trainer, when I was in high school for sports, told me, have you ever thought about being a personal trainer? I think you got the energy for it and all that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I'm literally thinking that for the first time right now is I was receiving that often, but to me, I just had always received it. So I didn't think it was anything worth noting. Yeah. But being able to take a step back now and realizing that other people were communicating it to me, I was like, oh, this is something I've got that not everybody has. I need to be able to run with it. So I think there's a ton of different ways that you can figure out your gifts and talents. But speaking from experience and being able to think about the different stories that I've had on my podcast when I've asked a very similar sort of question, being able to hear it from others is really important because I'm just going to end it with saying that I think so many of us are too close to our own gifts and talents and uniqueness to be able to realize them for ourselves. Yeah. You know, I feel like I've kind of figured out what I'm good at, but there's so many, so many people that often ask that question. Well, I don't know what I'm good at or this and that. And I'm always interested in how people figure that out for themselves. Yeah. And this will be, this, this last little bit will be quick, but I think it's an experimentation too. You got to try a bunch of things. Yeah. And when you try one thing and you feel a sense of aliveness or a sense of energy doing that particular thing, continue to do that or do something similar to that and, and keep trying thing, keep throwing stuff on the wall. Eventually something's going to stick. Yeah. Agree. We touched a little bit on fulfilledness, happiness, things like that. How do you feel people can reach that level of being satisfied, thinking they're enough, feeling fulfilled in today's world of social media where there's so many distractions, so many comparisons? How do you deal with that? Yeah, no, I think that's a great question. And it, to me, it all comes down to the journey towards the best version of yourself by defining what success looks like for yourself. I think that so many people don't do that. And it's because I really think that when we grow up, I know for me, again, speaking from experience, I know for me that success was defined for me that have good grades, be a good brother, be good at sports. Mm -hmm. For me, that was success growing up. And because I was pretty good in those areas, I was always this happy guy. I was always energetic, always motivated. And I think for a lot of people, especially growing up, Success is defined for them. Mm -hmm. And because success is defined for them, they don't have too many of those issues of anxiety sort of thing, depression. Once you get to out of high school or out of college and into the real world, success isn't as clearly defined for you. And so because you're not sure what you're aiming at, you're not sure what strategy and what actions you need to take. Because if there's nothing I'm pursuing, what turn am I supposed to make? Mm-hmm. And so I think where happiness and fulfillment comes is somebody defining what success looks like for themselves on the long term, but you can only do that so clearly. Like life is a constant process of gaining clarity on what the best version of yourself looks like. So once you have some idea, you scale it back to 
What does it look like 10 years from now? What does it look like five years from now, one year from now, six months from now, one month from now, a week and a day from now? And so that's why I said it very deliberately earlier is I define what success looks like for me in those categories because society and social media is so full of everybody else telling you what success is. Mm -hmm. Money and fame, you know, is the traditional Mm -hmm. one that a lot of people bring up. But the reality of the situation is that a lot of those people aren't happy. That's not really what success is for every person. So a lot of people get caught chasing down the wrong version of success for themselves. And then when they get there, they're like, holy crap, this isn't what it was supposed to be. And so you need to take the time to really be honest with yourself as to what does success look like for me? What do I want? What do I want to chase after? Mm -hmm. And then once you have that defined, you attack it today and you attack it the next day and the next day. And the more that you can block out other versions of success by other people through those different avenues that you talked about, the better. I think it's not that you need to completely block out social media, but as long as you're aware that, okay, right now I'm feeling a little bit of anxiety because I'm seeing this other person's really good picture and really good body and really expensive house. But it's like, that's not my version of success. Mm-hmm. And it's, Honestly, probably not even theirs. So if you just keep it within yourself to define success, I think it's really where you find happiness and fulfillment. That sounds simple enough, <laughs> really. If Let's say there was a 18, 20-year-old kid that came to you and was like, look, man, I don't know where I'm going. I don't have any support behind me. I don't have any finances to back me. I have ideas, but I just feel like everything gets hit down as soon as I try to start. What's the first step that you would advise that person? Boy, girl, whatever, doesn't matter. But just taking that first step, what is that first step? Write down three things you're thankful for every single day. Really? No doubt. Wow. No doubt. When you're in a state of gratitude, you can't be fearful. There's literally science behind that. If you're in a state of gratitude and thankfulness, you cannot be fearful. And so this is something I started doing years back is writing three things that I'm thankful for down every single morning. And for about the first year that I did it, I could no, I could literally notice a change in how I behaved. But I was like, I'm not really sure why. I just know this thing is helping. But then I realized that I do it at the start of every single day because I believe that puts me in a frame of mind for the rest of the day. Okay. I search for things that I'm thankful for right in the beginning. And then it wires my brain throughout the remainder of the day to do the same thing. It's the weirdest crap. It's like, if I'm driving around, I'll find something I'm thankful for. If I'm teaching a class and not speaking out loud, or I'll find something I'm thankful for. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's step one, because one, it's easy, super easy. Anybody can do it. Yeah. And two, because of the frame of mind that it puts you in, if you do it consistently and kind of going along with reason one, it's easy to do and it's easy to do consistently. And I think if you can do one thing consistently, you you can do so many things consistently. You just have to start forming that muscle of consistency within yourself. Yeah. I like that. All right. Well, we're coming up close to time already. Wow. That went, that went by so fast. I feel like I just sat down. If you were put on a world stage where the 
entire world is watching and you had five minutes to say or do something to make a difference and leave an impact, what would you say or what would you do? First off, I would love to be put on a stage for the world fans. <laughs> I've always loved an audience. Um, not that I feel... That's awesome. I don't, I don't say that because I feel like I would have the best words to say. You would not be nervous at I all. Would, right? I would be nervous but because I would want to say something really good. I mm-hmm. wouldn't be nervous because... There's a, there's a lot million of eyeballs on, on you. Yeah. That's why I like group fitness so much. But let's see. What could I say in, in five minutes to the entire world? I would start off by saying the why behind my business with Best You is I truly believe that if each individual works on getting closer to the best version of themselves, their friends are better off, their family's better off, their community is better off, and the world is better off. I think a lot of people minimize the impacts that they can have on other people. But every single person, every one of you out there knows a thousand other people on average. Each of those a thousand people knows a thousand more people. So you're a step away from a million and two steps away from a billion people. Now, it kind of sounds ridiculous when you just say you're a couple steps away from impacting a billion people. But to be honest, it's not that crazy, especially with the times that we're living in right now with, yeah. the, with COVID. Everything's instant. Obviously, you can see how one person's actions could affect mm-hmm. the entire world. Mm-hmm. And I think that too many of us minimize the impact that we think we can have. And the ultimate journey that you can be on is taking responsibility that no matter what life throws at me, I'm going to get closer to the best version of myself today. And the next day, and having that sense of belief that I am in control of, of becoming the best version of myself. I think a lot of people feel, I can't do this, I can't do that, I'm, I can't, whatever. It's like, no, you can be in full control of becoming the best version of yourself. Take responsibility for it, for the benefit of yourself, your family, your community, and the world. Yeah. Wow. And the crowd goes wild. <laughs> it's so funny you're like oh i would love that and, and so far pretty much everybody's been like oh my gosh I, oh and I mean, some, I some probably, people start sweating literally i would probably crap my pants before i like, go on there <laughs> but uh once i got out there and started speaking i'd be all right i would assume you're an extrovert so it's a great question i think that it talks a lot about me being an energetic person but really i'm energetic and like that in two scenarios, when I'm competing and when I have an audience. Mm. Otherwise, I'm not just necessarily super energetic. I mean, more than most people, but I definitely like my alone time. Yeah. I could easily spend a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you know, at home by myself. I'd rather probably do something with some people, but yeah. <laughs> but I'm a balance of the two. Yeah, I'm a lot the same. Mm-hmm. If you could ask anyone in the world, alive or dead, any one question, who would it be and what would the question be? <laughs> oh, man. Now I'm thinking I don't want to sound weird on the podcast. <laughs> Dude, be you. Picking who be the best you. No, I know. I know. I talked to you about don't be afraid to be who you are. But this is such a tough question. It's a great question. But it's a tough question because it, we take it from so many different angles in terms of but you what, can't take I it ask? from so many different angles. You just have to pick one. 
<laughs> I'll pick my person and then I might have to think a little bit longer for the question. So this is where I was like worried. Am I going to say this? But whatever. My person is Tim Tebow. I'm just a huge Tim Tebow guy. I think that he stands for just like awesome things. And really one of the things to be honest is because he is so good at being himself in the face of criticism. And I think that that might be the question I ask him. How are you so good at being true to what you define as success when so many other people are trying to define it differently for yourself? How can you be confident in enough with what you've defined? It just kind of comes back full circle. I'm glad I ended up coming up on this because I talked about early in the beginning, what's my biggest fear? That I come up short of who I have the potential to be. And essentially it's that I don't define success for myself in the right way to be able to chase down the best mm -hmm. version of myself. And so because my worry is that I'm not going to define success in the right way, it's easy to let outside versions of success shift your thinking, shift your belief. But there are certain things that we talked about earlier where you don't want to stray away from. Mm -hmm. There are certain beliefs that you want to hold true to yourself. And so the question I'd ask is, how can you stay true to the version of success that you've defined for yourself in the face of so many other definitions of success? Now, let's ask you that question. Because you're, you're very driven and becoming the best you. And, and how do you stay true to you and that idea that obviously works? Dude, this is even more relevant almost in, in a sense. There's so many different fitness it's probably, I'd say it's so, I, I look at all the all of the, the fitness people in this town, I'm like, that's gotta be the most competitive industry to be in. And so how do you stay true and how do you stand out and how do you just keep telling yourself or you keep that belief in yourself? Mm -hmm. So I think it's a, a few different things. Number one is the way that you have confidence in your version of success and being who you are. One is by having curiosity and by being open to accepting others' feedback and other versions of success and then being able to decipher the helpful versus the not helpful. So I think that's really big step number one in having confidence in your version of success by getting so much feedback and being open to it and being curious with yourself and asking yourself about these questions and about the feedback. And be like, okay, where is this helpful? Where is this not helpful? So spending the time and a lot of thought and making sure that you're very intentional behind why you define success the way that you've defined it. I think that's really the biggest first thing in having confidence. And then I think I'm going to go back also to keeping success small for each day. Define success on longer terms, but then scale it back to define success today. And because it's just a small version of success, you can have the confidence that's the right thing. Because so many people have these long-term goals of, I want to become this profession or whatever. It's like, that's so big. Mm -hmm. And there's so many other long-term goals that I'm just not, not thinking about. But there, there's so many long-term goals that are so big. And it's like, I don't know if that's the right career choice for mm -hmm. me sort of thing. And that's where people lose confidence in themselves. It's like, is this the right thing? But it's like, no. What's success today? 
And yeah. if you can just define success on a small scale and you can be successful there and you just continue on that, then I think that's what keeps you believing that you're on the right path. So keeping it small and being curious to other people's feedback and stuff. I like that. Well, man, I want to acknowledge you for chasing your dreams and chasing success in, in, in the way that you, you teach it and uh, you set up a structure for it. You make it possible. You make it achievable. You, you have a system that helps people believe in themselves. And I think it's incredible. And I find it fascinating to watch what you're doing. You, you constantly are putting out information. You're serving people. You're giving hope to, you know, thousands of people out there. And so if anybody can get to that one, two billion people that you talked about getting mm -hmm. to, I believe you can. And I appreciate, I appreciate you being here. And, and how can people, uh, our listeners, like find you, support you, uh, find out your different, you have your 10-week program, you said, different uh, at-home fitness type stuff. How can they find you and support your mission? Yeah, well, first off, appreciate you again having me on and asking some great questions that obviously got me energized and, <laughs> and motivated myself. But uh, yeah, the best place that people can find me is to start on Instagram at carrier underscore best you. And then my website is nickcarrier.com. And there you can find the, my 10-week fitness goal setting programs. You can schedule a free goal setting session with me. I always do free Zoom sessions with people to start to really just see if it's a good fit and see where they currently are and where they want to be. And if I can be somebody that can go in there and help them close that gap and we can make it happen together, then that's what I want. Um, if not, and then I would like to be able to point them in the right direction and and let them figure that out for themselves. But yeah, Instagram at carrier underscore best you, nickcarrier.com. I'm on Facebook. My page is Nick Carrier Best You on LinkedIn. And uh, my podcast is called Nick Carrier's Best You Podcast on iTunes, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, all those places. So yeah, I appreciate okay. you let me uh, let me say that. When does the book come out? Oh, so I have two books <laughs> that I'm going to write. Are you I, doing right? I, can't, I shouldn't have said that out loud, but <laughs> I have two books that I'm going to write. I've worked a little bit on them, but I would rather focus on some other stuff right now. But one is going to be called Attack Life When You're Young. I shouldn't give other people my book. But <laughs> so one is Attack Life When You're Young, and the other is Follow Through With The Promises That You Make To Yourself. Just buy the domains right now. Buy the that domain, way, that yeah, way no one can... should. Yeah. It's cheap. Yeah. And that way no one can steal it. Yeah. Well, I mean, they can, but what are they going to do with it at that point? That's awesome. Well, when that happens, we'll have to bring you back and then you can tell us about the book. Yeah. But yeah, guys, if you, if you like the stuff, just subscribe, leave a review, please go to best you listen to this stuff, subscribe and reviews mean a lot for us guys who are trying to do this because that way we kind of know what you're looking for. So wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Well, for so, sure. but yeah. Well, I appreciate you being here. Uh, we're going to cut this off for now, but yeah, appreciate you being here. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in to The Ultimate Shift. Look, I know life is crazy. Life gets busy and we all kind of have an idea of where we want to go and where we want to end up. But there's so many things that come up in between. And my goal with this show is to grab one thing from every guest that we can apply to our lives that help get us closer to our end goal. You can follow me on Instagram at Ephraim Glick, Facebook at Ephraim Glick, Twitter at Glick Ephraim, or you can go to the website at EphraimGlick.com. See you next time.